Welcome to Asian Glow Up. We're a podcast on connecting to our cultures, navigating our careers, and building community in our early 20s. We're your hosts. I'm Jojo. I'm Jackie. And I'm April. In today's episode, we're discussing everything Lunar New Year's from the traditions we celebrate with our families in America, superstitions, our favorite foods, and even how much of our culture we hope to hold on to and pass on to our future kids. So a quick background and intro on what Lunar New Year is, in case you don't know. According to Google, it's called the Lunar New Year because it marks the first moon of the Luni solar calendar, traditional to many Asian countries, including China and Vietnam, which are regulated by the cycles of the moon and sun. Chinese New Year, Lunar New Year, and Spring Festival are three different things, although they're all related. So Spring Festival is typically a few weeks long. It starts with the first day of spring. So like Lunar New Year or Chinese New Year is Sanin. Obviously, that just means like New Year. But Spring Festival is Chunji, which is what I think people are actually celebrating, not the New Year specifically. So what Chunji is or Spring Festival. So like back in the day when everyone was like farming and whatever, the arrival of spring and Chunji is a celebration kind of saying like, oh, it's time for the new year. Now it's time to grow those crops and whatnot and kind of get started on that. But there's like certain things that you do so that you bring luck to yourself, obviously, but to your crops, you know, and that's kind of why spring festival is such a big deal. Koreans actually also do spring festival. And I only know this because at church, it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun because they'd have all this really good food, but I never really understood the meaning why. And now that I'm Googling, it says that it's called Tano, which is a traditional festival in celebration of spring and farming. So a lot of overlap here. Yeah, definitely. And I was just talking to my mom before we started recording this episode. So today, the day of recording is February 2nd. Tomorrow, February 3rd, is actually the first day of spring festival. So my mom told me that actually right now we're at the year of the rat, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not until the day of New Year's, a.k.a. February 12th, 2021, for it to be Year of the Ox, it actually becomes Year of the Ox tomorrow, based oh, on when Spring oh. Festival starts, not specifically Lunar New Year Day, which oh. I thought was really interesting because I didn't know that. So if there's any cusp babies, I don't know, you could be one or the either. And another thing that's super random that she brought up for tomorrow is like, she wanted us to all go in the bank and deposit money into her bank Ooh. accounts. Because it's the first day of Spring Festival, and by putting money and depositing money into your bank account, it's like telling the universe to bring in more money this year. And that's kind of what that tradition is for. Is that for everyone, or specifically people of the Ox? <laughs> no, that's for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so are you doing that tomorrow? Yeah, April? she asked me to go with her, and I was like, I'm busy with work. And she's like, come <laughs> with me after work. I'm like, I don't want to go. I'm like, can you do it for me? <laughs> so... For the Chinese zodiac animals, they believe that there's lucky meanings. They associate each animal sign with certain characteristics, and it's believed that the people born in a given year have the personality of that year's animal. When the Lunar New Year comes, it's signaling the change of zodiac sign, and this year is the year of the ox. If it's your year of the zodiac sign, be very, very careful. And so every 12 years when it turns to your zodiac animal, it's known to be very unlucky. So my family always tells me to be very careful. And I know my grandparents, when they go to temple, it's one thing on their list to pray for. And this year they'll be praying for me. <laughs> like, we were praying for Jackie. She's an ox. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I believe that very much because I'm year of the rat, which was all of 2020, and (laughs) it makes a lot of sense. Don't know what to say about 
the year of the ox though because I know that's you guys' year. It's funny because I'm the year of the ox. My brother's the year of the pig. My mom, even on our Christmas tree, she bought pigs and another thing for an ox is like a cow. So we have that like all over mm-hmm. our tree so or our house. Or she like... got her little farmhouse going on. <laughs> or like if they go That's somewhere, cute. they'll bring back a toy for us and it'll be like an ox. That's so cute. What sign is your mom? Um, I think they're both snakes. Ooh. My brother is year of the dog, but Ooh. my mom is year of the pig. Mm. And then I'm year of the ox. <laughs> <laughs> I think my brother's a horse. I think you sure. and your brother's supposed to not get along then. <laughs> but for some really quick background on what the Chinese zodiac is. It's a little bit different than like astrology and whatnot, but there's the 12 animals and legend has it that long, long time ago, some type of like, I don't even know, like a god or like an emperor. Wasn't it like an emperor or something? Or something? Yeah, like yeah. hosted a contest between a few different animals. I think there was 13 total and the order of which they completed the race will be the order of the zodiac. And, and yes, I said 13 animals. The one animal that came in last place was the cat. And that's why the cat isn't on the Zodiac, according to this legend. Who knows? But mm-hmm. I didn't know about that cat detail. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the full story, but the cat did something. And, and that's why they lost. And it's like a moral of the story is don't be a dick. You know, it's like one of those. <laughs> but yeah, so I was also doing some research on what being near the ox means. And actually, depending on the year of which cycle of Zodiac you were born in, there's a different like element that you're paired with. So for 1997, here the ox that Jackie and I were born in, it was the element of fire. And the fortune, according to ChineseNewYear.net, is these oxen are friendly and social. There are no financial worries their entire life. Ooh. <laughs> entire yeah, life? Yeah, it's his entire life, which is a stretch. But you know what? I'll take it. And for 2021, so any babies born tomorrow until next year, the element is metal. But yeah, I just thought this was cool. So I wanted to share. I want to get my zodiac sign red. <laughs> Ooh, okay, wait, I just scrolled a little bit and it says compatibility. We're most compatible with the rat, Ooh. the snake, and the rooster. Wait, I love that. And for least compatible, it's goat, horse, and dog. And that's funny because my brother's, you're the dog. And my brother's a horse, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, no, but, but yeah. you're not an ox. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. We just talked about zodiac signs, not like typical horoscopes. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of parallel, like the how there's compatibility, there's still like the element aspect to it. Mm-hmm. It's your fortune for the year. Mm-hmm. But obviously, yeah, it's, it's not like what's your sign, it's what's your animal. Yeah. <laughs> so I was also talking to my mom about like what the biggest difference would be between how we celebrate Lunar New Year in America versus celebrating it in Asia or specifically like China. Mm-hmm. And she said it's very, very different. And the main reason is because in Asia, or at least in countries that celebrate the holiday, you get like all the time off. So you know how I mentioned earlier, spring festival like can be a couple weeks. You would get like those mm-hmm. two or three weeks off, I think. Versus in America, like that oh, much wow. time off. Yeah, like literally no one wow. cares here. You still need to go to school. You still need to go to work. <laughs> whatever. So people's attitude towards it is very different. The feeling of Lunar New Year and Spring Festival is. I guess, more closely aligned or there's more parallels with how we in America celebrate Christmas. Like, even if you don't Mm. celebrate Christmas the holiday, you still have winter break. You still, I don't know, get presents or like there's certain decorations that you put up. And 
you know, I asked my mom, like, what do people do on New Year's then? And then she's like, you wake up and you go get your red envelopes. I'm like, oh, hey, that reminds me of Christmas and how you would, you know, go open your presents. Adding on to April's point, one of the traditions for Lunar New Year's is handing out red envelopes. In Chinese culture, it meant suppressing ghost money. So those who receive a red envelope, it's like you're wishing for another safe and peaceful year. And my family is very, very traditional and they make sure that if I'm receiving it from elders, I have to use two hands and thank them. And also when my mom is giving it out to the kids, like she will go to the bank and get only like the the crisp $2 bill to, <laughs> to put in. Did you say $2 bills? Uh, $2 bills is lucky, but also just like any dollar bills or like $5 bills that are just like the new ones that are mm. freshly printed. <laughs> so it's like small bills. Usually, um, unless it's like my close mm. family, then I get a bigger amount, but... Because my family does, like, hundreds. Oh, wow. It depends on who you're getting it from. So, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. people around Spring Festival or, like, Lunar New Year season, you go around carrying a bunch of red envelopes in your purse. And then, like, if you randomly see your friend in the street and you're like, how's Johnny doing in college? Like, here's a red envelope. For those, you probably have, like, $1 or, like, 5 bucks in like there. Like, $1, yeah. Those are, like, closer relatives. Like, like immediate family, yeah. yeah. Like, you, you want to give them more. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. That's cute, though. Like, hey, how are you doing? Here's a red yeah, envelope. exactly. So and when my mom used to have a business in Oakland, Chinatown, she, like, became good friends with, like, a lot of her customers. So whenever they mm. came by, they would just be like, oh, here's a red envelope for April and Brandon so um, for New Year's. We don't use red envelopes in Korean culture. We actually just use literally white envelopes, like, that you send letters Wait, in. Really? And oh. Is there yeah. anything on the envelopes? No, it's literally, like, you could reuse the envelope <laughs> and send a letter with it. But I was Googling, and it seems like in South Korea, you use pouches, oh. like, really fancy pouches, but I've never seen those in my mm-hmm. life. And the married people give it to the single people, but my family personally will cut you off once you graduate college. Because they're <laughs> like, you know what? You probably make enough. So last New Year, I actually had to give my nephews money for the first time ever, and I've never given money before on Lunar New Year, so that was interesting for me. But it's really cute because all the younger people have to bow down to the elders, and they do it one by one, and you have to say, Sebe pok mani pazaseo, <laughs> which means, please receive a lot of good fortune for the new year. So there's a lot of crossovers again, but we don't have the cute little red envelopes. That's, that's yeah. so interesting. I feel like in Chinese culture, white envelopes would actually be considered like bad luck. Mm-hmm. Cause Why? Because the, the color? color white is associated with death and funerals. You know how in American or like Western culture, you were all black to funerals. In Chinese culture, mm-hmm. you were all white and like you wear like a white pin in your hair or something. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think my family is just too lazy to go get fancy pouches. <laughs> and it's just easier to all use envelopes yeah. and we write down everyone's names. Yeah. Oh, you write down the names? Yeah. When I was younger, it was a thing of everyone's dressed in traditional wear. And then like our house was a big main staple. So everyone would come to our house. But then also like we would go to each every other relative's house and collect at each one. And like you eat a little at Aww. each house and then everyone all drives over to the next house. This you? is all one day? You're like blessing the new house. Yeah. So I go visit oh. like 10 different relatives at 10 different what? houses and you jump to like each separate house and you receive. Did you complain a lot as a kid? Oh, yeah. I was such a brat. Oh, my God. I was like, that I don't want to go anymore. But you get money. I know. But also, I was like, I don't care about the money. I don't want to do all this. Because when I was younger, it's like you have to remember all of the relative's name and greet everyone and eat the food and then, like, talk about your life and get criticized <laughs> for everything. And you're like, no, kidding. In Asian culture, it's so hard because yeah. there's such, like, specific 
like names you call everyone like obviously you're not gonna call them i mean i don't know about you but like, you wouldn't call them by their name name it has to be their title it's like everyone has a different name based on how old they are and like who they're related to yeah. i didn't really have to do that growing up because we just did it so i you know i'm always just like hello and i feel bad when i don't remember and it's like always a bad luck <laughs> but yeah I, I get you on the struggles of having to call everyone by name i just smile bow and then like take the money and try to run <laughs> Yeah, my mom will be like, oh, say hi to blank. And yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if you want money, go say hi to them. <laughs> yeah. What types of food do you guys eat on Lunar New Year? I don't have anything specific, but all I remember as a kid is more so the candy. And I honestly don't like Ooh. it that much, but they're everywhere. It's like those rainbow colored hard candies. I never liked it, so I never ate it. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few different dishes that you tend to see mm-hmm. more of during this time of year. So some examples of that yeah. would be like a jindai, which is like a fried sesame ball. I love those. Mm-hmm. You guys probably see them when you like go get dim sum and stuff. And then there's also a fatko, which is really popular. My mom and I actually made some the other night, and it was very yummy. What is it? It's literally just a pastry, and it's like a little cake. There's no filling. You can use food coloring if you want to make it look a different color. The reason why people eat it is because of the name. So it's called Fatgo, and the word fat means prosperity, basically. So, you know, you eat this during the new year because it means that you're bringing prosperity to your home. And along those lines, there's also the tangerine. So in Cantonese, the way you said that is like gut. The way you say tangerine in Chinese is very similar to the way you say another word that's like a good word, you know? At the end of the day, it's all about bringing luck and prosperity and money to your household. And then the last food that you would eat, I feel like this is not as common, but it's called ningo. And I think this one's kind of dumb because ningo literally translates to year cake. Year cake. (laughs) Like the way you would say New Year's, sunnin, and this is called ningo. So it's the same word. Mm. So it's because it's the new year you would eat it, but it's like, okay. I don't know. These are just some of the things that I've seen growing up. I don't know everything and I don't know the names for everything. Yeah. Oh, I want to add one. When Chinese New Year happens and that happens, we always bring goods to other people's houses when we are visiting. So I I think I snapped Jojo in April this, but I was at Costco with my mom and we see a durian cake at Costco and she gets like three (laughs) bags and I was like, okay, maybe like my mom wants these Chinese or Viet snacks to bring home. She gets three of them and then she's like, wait, I I want more. So she grabs like 10 of them and then she like looks back and she's like, they were sold out last time everywhere else and Costco has it cheaper. She goes back and gets the whole box of like 40 and then puts in the cart and she's like, I'm ready to go. (laughs) Can you bring some to New York? (laughs) I'll, I'll bring a few boxes. If I remember that snap correctly, there was another Asian mom who also had like 40 in her cart, right? Yeah. I had people come up to me at Costco and was like, where did you get that? And I was like, I didn't even know oh, this was no. so popular. And I was like, oh, it's over I tried there. looking for it when I went to Costco, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of durian, but I should try it. Have you ever had a pineapple cake? <gasps> Those are good. I was just about to mention my friend Judy and I, we went to Costco last weekend, or actually this is a few weekends ago, and we saw these giant boxes of pineapple cakes and we were both like I feel like our parents would really appreciate these so we both bought two boxes and then we went through them really quickly right and then last weekend she went and she texted me pictures she's like Jojo these were sold out two weeks in a row I'm gonna buy some how many do you want and I go get me two more boxes (laughs) and I brought it home and my mom is like obsessed with them they're so good the pineapple cakes at Costco are they're so flaky they're so good they're they're yeah I never had the Costco ones I'll bring yeah. some for you. <laughs> Costco do. is stepping up their game with Asian snacks. Yeah, no, they have so many Asian snacks now. 
But on the same note of food, in Korean culture, pears are actually very significant. So it's cute how you say tangerines in your culture. And of course, rice cake is huge. So now I'm realizing like, my family doesn't really celebrate, but we definitely do get together and eat. It's a super family-centric holiday. And my aunt is a really good cook, so she'll make so many good dank-ass Korean dishes. She makes Korean pancakes, which is called pajeon. She also makes chapche, which is the noodle dishes. She also makes kabichim, which is braised short ribs, and that is my favorite. And she's always Ooh, like, I made this especially for you. <laughs> you're and like, no, you didn't. <laughs> I know. Like, you're going to make it anyways. But... The rice cake soup, I actually learned today that when you're done eating it, that is technically when you are a year older. Because if you didn't know this, in Korean culture, you're technically a year older than you are in America. And that's because from the second you're born, they kind of consider you being one years old. And I never really fully understood it, but I learned that today and I find that to be super interesting. Jackie, did you know that already? That the Korean culture is one? Like, we were born at one years old. Oh, I think I knew it because... When I got super into <laughs> K-dramas and K-pop and stuff, and I'm like, I don't understand oh, no. why their age was yeah, different. Yeah, I knew it too. And I'm like... I knew the one-year-older thing, but I didn't know it's because of the Lunar oh. New Year. I thought it was just because, like, right when you're born, it's plus one. Oh. But I didn't realize it's because of the Lunar New Year that you add the one <laughs> when you finish eating your soup. <laughs> I see that That's soup funny. in, like, all the YouTube video vloggers I watch. Oh, yeah. It's so easy <laughs> to make. Is there a reason? Like, what is the significance behind the rice cake soup and pears? Is it similar to, like, Chinese dishes where it has, like, a meaning? No. I'm sure there's some, like, metaphorical meaning, but literally translating, it doesn't mean anything except for the dish it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So when I was talking to my parents about Chinese New Year and that, the main thing that they kept pointing out to me was Lunar New Year's Eve. So the night before, it's a huge thing where everyone comes together and have a big dinner and eat. And usually my family goes to temple after, but especially for any other day or the holiday of the year, my parents just try to make sure that like, if I were to come home, it has to be before Lunar New Year's happens. And that's probably why you see all the tickets to Asia, the ticket prices are so much, but that's what, where my dad was correlating that significance of having the dinner the day before of Christmas and a celebration area. Wait, so you're saying that you need to celebrate with your family the day before New Year's? Yeah. So, for example, in this year, you would meet up on February 11th. Mm -hmm. So we would all have dinner, and then I told my dad I was going to go to temple with him, and he was so, so excited. (laughs) So our plan is to have dinner on the day before, on the 11th, go to temple, and one of the superstitions that they always follow by is that we have to be home before midnight. And sometimes when I go out, say, with my friends, or I'm out before midnight, they tell me, like, I can't come home unless it's, like, the day after. I mean, that's fine. You can go go hang out with people longer. That's funny because for a Western New Year or like if you're just following the calendar, your people are staying out until after midnight to come home. <laughs> and they're like counting down yeah. <laughs> My family is very, very superstitious. Ever since I was growing up, even, you know, shaking of the leg, I would get yelled at because that means losing money. Oh my God, as you were saying that, I was shaking my leg and I was like, ah! <laughs> The money's falling out. I was out. watching April shake her leg and I was like, I was like, the money's falling out. <laughs> Dang. But one specific to Lunar New Year's is that if you're pregnant, you shouldn't shower for a whole month or else you'll get sick, mostly because your pores are open. 
Another few ones that my family follows. You should only clean your house before and not after because if you do it after, you're wiping away all the luck that comes in. Mm. The only person who is supposed to open the door is the person who brings luck to your family. So for my family, it's my grandpa. And then since we moved houses, it's my dad for this year. Oh, I've Why? never heard How do of you that? decide that? Just like the head of the household? My mom said it's usually the head of the household or whoever brings the money into the luck. I imagine one year they're like... Jackie, we're going to need you to do it. And your brother's like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then the last few ones here, you're not able to cut your hair around Lunar New Year's or not wash your hair around that time. And how firecrackers scare away bad luck. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the thing you said about like pregnant women, you can't shower for a month around Lunar New Year. So I didn't know that. But I did know that when you're about to give birth first thing you're supposed to do is go wash your hair so before you can make it over to the hospital to birth your baby you need to wash your hair because once you have your baby you can't wash your hair for a while why it's it's similar how like if you wash your hair you're like washing away the Mm. luck and obviously Mm. you woof up your baby hopefully you know nothing goes wrong so yeah i didn't know that about new year so that's interesting so jackie does your family light up firecrackers on the day of or the night before I believe it's the day after and they buy like a huge, Mm. huge one. Like think of the size of April and then... Why am I the measuring tool? Yeah, why April? <laughs> We're all the same size. No, I'm like April is the tallest and what? it's like the length and size it is is around like two meters-ish and it's hung Wait, up. Wait, is that tall? That's huge. Yeah, no. yeah, they... Dude, people who have money in Asia, oh my god, it's going to be like 10 like Aprils. Yeah, it's like very, very huge. Because the point of it oh is to scare away like the evil spirits or the bad luck, make a lot of noise. And that's kind of the point of the, um, the lion dancers too. Are you guys familiar with oh, that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them in a while. But yeah. in Chinatown, when I used to spend a lot of time there, every year around New Year's, they would go around to all the different businesses and they would have, what was it called? Like cymbals and drums. So there would be people playing those instruments and then there was going to be the people doing the line dancing and it's to scare away those spirits. The businesses come out and give them red envelopes and it's really cute. I don't know if you guys seen this before, but... Mm-hmm. We saw it on Bling Empire. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you yeah. would you would put in <laughs> the red envelope into the lion's mouth, and the guy inside, it's mm. so weird, he reaches his hand out and, like, grabs it, and it's supposed to be, like, the lion eating the red envelope. And they do this thing where they take a cabbage, and I guess under the suit, they're, like, ripping apart the cabbage, and then they're, like, during their dance, they oh. spray out all the cabbage. Ooh, out of the mouth or just out? Out of the mouth. And it just kind of goes everywhere. And I have no idea what it means, but I used to love it. And I thought it was so funny. (laughs) That's so fun. Now that you remind me of it, I was the dragon dancer in like elementary school. I remember. (laughs) Show us the pics. I remember like being that person holding the head because like I was really, really tiny as a kid. So they always made me do it (laughs) because they can always put me on their shoulders and like be the dragon. I remember just wearing the dragon head and being able to like there's like a little string to like open and close the mouth and you take oh my the God, money yes. while you do it. <laughs> that was like That's elementary and middle school. That's so cute. But Jojo, oh my gosh, I want to take you to either like temple or just Chinatown to the point where literally everywhere, anywhere you look, just firecrackers going crazy. I remember as a kid, I'd come Ooh. back and I could barely hear anything just because it's everyone's lining <laughs> up to the point where that's all you hear and that's all you see. 
Wait, really? I feel like I didn't really grow up with firecrackers. Like, it wasn't as common. So do you just do one giant one? It's like a whole string, and think of it as a cylinder, but they're all little fireworks, and mm. you light them up. Think of that everywhere. And then when you go to temple, they're all hung up all around, <laughs> and it's just literally a big firework show. I do wonder if your white neighbors think it's like gunshots and stuff because it's like a random February day. <laughs> That's funny to them. They probably they probably think that. The only times I ever heard it were in Chinatown. For me, at least, no one did it like at their house. Mm. We do it in our backyard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So it sounds like a lot of these traditions, we, I would say, hold dear to our hearts, even though we are like not as close to it as our parents probably were growing up in their respective countries. Do you think that you'll pass on the same type of traditions to your kids? I definitely would, especially how much my family celebrates it. So I want my kid to learn as much as possible. Even when I was talking to my parents about it, my mom said that her version of it is even a watered down version, which makes me kind of sad because if she has a watered down version, then I probably have something that's like, like submerged. Yeah, <laughs> I was pawned. So hopefully I want to be able to kind of let them know what everything actually means. Cause I know when I was a kid, I was just doing these things just cause my parents were making me like I go to temple and literally just sit there and run around. I'm like, I have no idea why I'm here, you know? <laughs> and not until I'm older, I finally get why, like why we're at temple, why we're wishing for good luck and praying and, and all that stuff. So I definitely want to make an effort to learn the culture. Yeah. How do you guys think you're able to bridge the gap of not knowing as much and still passing down the traditions to your kids? I think it's just taking the opportunity to talk to our parents more or not just our parents to talk to our family members more about traditions. Because for me, I'm like you, like I just show up. And then I do the thing and then I leave and that's it. This is my first time really sitting and reflecting on what these traditions are and what they could or might mean to mm -hmm. me. So yeah, I think it's just having these conversations and even like with our, our friends as well. It helps open up a lot of perspectives. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we all have different experiences with the same or a very similar type of holiday. Growing up, I think I also had like a quote unquote watered down version just because the attitude towards Lunar New Year in America is obviously very different than how my mom grew yeah. up experiencing it. But I think, you know, like in the future when I have my own kids and this time of year comes around, I don't think I'm going to be like, oh my god, it's Lunar New Year, like we have to do something. But there's always going to be those things like the red envelopes, eating mm -hmm. a certain dish, because why not, right? Like, you know, people eat turkey during Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's like, I can make a pastry or whatever to eat. Uh, yeah. during Lunar New Year. I would love for us all to one year be able to experience these in our countries, our home countries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so fun. I can't wait to be able to go to Chinatown and see how everything's decorated because my family goes all out on decorations. And if you come to the house, everything is just like red signs, red lanterns, everything in the house. You know how like in Christmas they have the wreath at the door and stuff? I think... Oh, do they have a special like door decoration? 
they put certain stuff on there. It's really funny because if you look at the house door right now, it's like a Minnie and Mickey Lunar New Year's decoration on our front door. Oh my god, that is so cute. I'll send a photo that. and post it on our That story. sounds like a fusion between American culture and Asian culture. That's so cute. They're probably at buying it somewhere and they're like, oh, Mickey and Minnie look cute. Let's just buy it. Oh my god. Yeah, I wonder if that's at like freaking Hobby Lobby. <laughs> probably not, but I love that your family like goes ham. My, my house <laughs> looks exactly the same as it did three months ago. But actually, yesterday when I went to Trader Joe's in the flower section, in the flower pots, they decorated it with red envelopes. So it's like, it's interesting how these Western retailers or Western stores are accommodating to their Asian audience, kind of like how Costco is starting to have all these Asian snacks. I want to ask, last year when we were still in the office, did your offices do anything to celebrate? That's a hard no. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) They did not. I remember my first Lunar New Year as a working gal. So my company had free lunch every Tuesday. And that year, so 2019, Lunar New Year just happened to fall on a Tuesday. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to slack Mm -hmm. HR who Mm -hmm. orders the food and be like, oh, like, by the way, this upcoming Tuesday is actually Lunar New Year. Like, it would be cool if we could have some, I don't know, Chinese or like Asian food. And she was kind of like, oh, that's a really great idea. But we've already placed an order for this week's lunch. Maybe next time. And I just never, I just never brought it up again. But I thought it was funny. I feel like if I mentioned it early to her, maybe she would have. But I think of that sometimes. (laughs) It's funny because last year... So I was relatively new, I believe, when Lunar New Year came around. And like I said, like, I don't really celebrate it that much. But my coworker, she is Chinese. And she kind of came up to me first and was like, hey, would you like to help me plan some sort of Lunar New Year event or getting free food or something? And I was like, yeah, for sure. So we went to HR and they were like, yeah, totally. And they gave us only $150 but we actually used it to go to Chinatown and get a bunch of dumplings. Aww. And we also got like chocolate coins. Cute. That's cute. Yeah, the chocolate coins. It was really cute. And of course, all the coworkers were like, oh my God, I love Korean food. <laughs> <laughs> they probably said that because you bought it maybe, or did they just really not know? Well, it was just funny because like they have the best intentions, but one guy was like, oh my God, Korean dumplings are the best. And I was like, these are from Vanessa's dumplings. <laughs> oh no. I feel like that's so common. Joey, when he was talking about steam rice rolls. Oh my God. Yeah, Joe's steam rice rolls. And someone in the elevator was like, oh, it's like Asian lasagna. <laughs> Ew. Oh God. That's their only way to, to describe it. That just doesn't sound good. Asian lasagna? I know. It's also very different. <laughs> it is not similar at all. Brian's company also got red envelopes of coins last year. He gave it to me and I was like, I don't want this. (laughs) It was funny though, because we, after like that guy made that comment, we actually had a presentation and it was just like a really short 10 slide PowerPoint, but we had like a little video of that race of the Zodiac signs. And, and yeah, it was cute because we got to do like a little teaching moment. And I also sent everyone a video of my nephews bowing to their elders. So it was just a cute way to incorporate it into the work culture. But yeah, if we didn't initiate it, it also wouldn't have happened. Is your company doing anything for the Lunar New Year this year? No. <laughs> My manager scheduled a happy hour for Lunar New Year, but it's because it's the Friday before Valentine's Day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we only personally have three Asian people. So <laughs> if we don't initiate, it's not going to happen. But I mean, that's fine. 
I wish my company did more, but at least we have like, we have little pods. So there's the Asian pod, the black pod, Latino pod Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So for ours, I think they're just posting photos and videos. What's really nice is that we have a reoccurring meeting on the calendar. So they sent it out to the company and like, oh, if you want to join, you can learn more about Eastern Asia cultures and what they offer. Oh, I like that. If you made it this far, thank you so, so much for tuning in to this episode. We definitely had a lot of fun dissecting our similarities and differences between how we celebrate, and it was pretty wholesome if you ask me. Make sure to have your notification bells turned on because we have a new episode out every single Tuesday. We wish you a year full of prosperity and good fortune.